This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Morning. How are we today? Come on. Hey, good to see y'all. Welcome to Church Alive. I I just want to say before we get started today, if this is your first time in church with us today, you're at the right house today, and we are so happy to have you. Uh, If you're wondering what in the world's going on with these people eating popcorn in church, it's not the usual, I promise. Normally we eat nachos. But um, (laughs) all of a sudden the wheels are turning like, yeah, that's good for next month, Gene. No, uh, we're doing this series called At the Movies, and we wanted to do something a little fun, kind of a a little more enjoyable just for the summer. We're actually going to end it next week just as a heads up. We're doing this series, and what we're doing is we're taking movies, and we're seeing what we can pull out of there based on what Scripture says. Now, as a heads up, I want to give you just a little disclaimer today. Uh, Most of the movies, this has been a a hard series to do, because how many of you know a lot of what comes out of Hollywood isn't exactly the cleanest? Y'all know that, right? And so we've had to work real hard to find movies that, that we can, for the most part, say, you know, we feel comfortable that this isn't a terrible movie to watch or anything. Uh, today's going to be uh, one that, let me just go ahead and tell your parents, it's got a little bit of language in it, probably about 10 words in it. Um, you know, your kids would probably get bored with it, but I think today's story is actually a great one. We're going to be looking at the pursuit of happiness today. This is a Will Smith movie. It's a really good movie uh, about a guy that's just struggling in a lot of different areas. That's his son, his real son, uh, Jada, in the movie with him. But it's really a good movie, and it's based on the story of Chris Gardner. Uh, Will plays uh, the character of Chris Gardner. And today we're actually calling our teaching Never Stop. Somebody say Never Stop with me today. Never Stop. Come on now, Never Stop. we got to fight in this life. We know that, right? And in this movie, we see Will, or we'll say Chris, that's the character he's playing. We're going to see that he's struggling. We're going to see more than anything he's struggling financially. And how many of you know... Uh, whenever there's financial stru- uh, financial stress in your home, it, it makes things really uncomfortable. Anybody been there before? Yeah. Let me go ahead and just tell you, men, it's really uncomfortable on you because as the provider of your home, you feel a whole lot of responsibility there. And so uh, a lot of you all have dealt with the struggles. Hey, can I go ahead and tell you, our family dealt with them over the years. So this is not like me preaching about something that we've never dealt with. I've seen tow trucks come to our family's house looking to repo a car before. Our family's going through some very lean times. Has anybody else ever, ever gone through a lean time before? If I can get just really open and honest with you today, whenever we left Florida to come plant this church, if you don't know about our family, we're from here. God had us in Florida for about a decade, and then God called us back to plant this church. Whenever we came back, uh, my dad left a very, very good job that he did very well at, and we came back with nothing more than direction from God to say, go plant a church. Yes, sir. Dad said yes. That's key, to say yes to what God's asked you to do. But all we knew was, is he said, come here. And what we came here to do was to plant a church, but we had no idea about employment. We struggled. We lived in a home that was my great-grandparents that was awful, and it's been redone. Thankfully, we were able to redo it eventually. But, you know, there were really lean times. There were really lean times. And, and I remember some of those financial struggles. I remember there being tension around the house when all we knew was we were supposed to plant a church. And it was like, God, we're doing what you've called us to do. But life kind of stinks right now. Anybody ever been there? Like, I'm, I'm trying to do right, but life is hard right now. 
And that's kind of what this guy was doing, you know, I mean, as far as in life. He was trying to provide for his family, but, but things were really hard right then. And, and y'all have been maybe at a place to where uh, the money ran out, but the month didn't run out yet, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The first is about a week away, and the bank account's got about eight bucks in it. Y'all been there before? Rolling pennies for gas. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But these times that, that we go through that are lean, those times that are hard, uh, if we don't watch it, we'll get to the place of shutting down. I, I've seen men do this before. Man, they're going through a hard time. Maybe they were laid off. Or maybe their business just isn't doing well. And, and it does something to them on the inside. It does something to them emotionally. It does something to their identity. And they get to a point to where they start to shut down on their family, but they even shut down on God. Have you ever seen that happen before? They just totally withdraw. And y'all, let me tell you, that, that's not the time that we withdraw from God whenever we're going through hard times. If anything, we need to pursue God more than ever whenever we're going through hard times. But let me ask you this. If you've gone through a hard time, was it ever self-inflicted? Now, there are times whenever we will go through seasons and it's just, it's just a hard season. It's, it's nothing we can do anything about. Or, you know, it's just a hard time. I mean, let's just be honest. With the whole COVID thing, there were a lot of businesses and a lot of business people that suffered. It's kind of weird. Some businesses really suffered and some thrived. And we really saw God's blessings on this house with our entrepreneurs during COVID. With that said, there's times where we just go through really hard times and we, we feel like we have no control over it and our trust is all in God. But then there's other times whenever maybe the issue was self-inflicted. Anybody ever been there before? We made some dumb decisions, and, and it's what we call being stupid. Let's take a look at this next clip. You can admit that you've done something stupid before, and you've had to pay for it. Maybe for a really long time. Praise God. Come on, the rest of you, you can go ahead and stop lying and be honest, too. Come on. <laughs> We're in church. Don't lie in church, all right? But no, a lot of us have done some stupid stuff, and we've had to pay for it, and uh, it could be various things. I mean, it could be, for instance, you bought something that you had no business buying at the time, and you thought, well, I can afford it, but the truth was is you really couldn't. Uh, maybe you made an investment that was too good to be true, and guess what? It was too good to be true. You know, over the years, because I've done a couple of those, they were all too good to be true. That, that's just a word for somebody today in case something comes up this week. It's probably too good literally to be true. But it's not always financial. Maybe you said something to someone, maybe a loved one, that you wish you could take back. As soon as it came out of your mouth, a hurt came to somebody. And you wish you could reel that back in, but you can't reel it back in. And you so wish that you could fix that issue, but it's lingered for a long time. You know, there's times where maybe we've hurt our parents or maybe we've hurt our children or maybe we've hurt our spouse uh, with the words that we've said. How many of you wish you could just put your tape back on and rewind it to the place where you went wrong? Anybody? And just start all over. Unfortunately, in life, we can't get in a time machine. But a lot of us have done things that, that maybe were not very wise. Uh, in Genesis 37, though, we see the story about Joseph. And it's a great story. Now, just as a heads up, Joseph was the son of Jacob. Uh, in the word, in Genesis, you'll see Abraham, you'll see Isaac, and you'll see Jacob. Very often you'll hear or you'll read in the word, the God of Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph was one of Jacob's sons. And at the time, Joseph was the baby, and honestly, he was Jacob's favorite son. Uh, Jacob uh, loved him. Jacob gave him, you've probably heard of the coat of many colors. And Joseph was a good kid. Uh, he did what he was supposed to, but, but there were a couple of times where he said some things to his other brothers, and he had many brothers, and they didn't really appreciate it. So, for instance, he tells them about a dream he has to where, in a nutshell, in the dream, they are bowing down to him. Let's think about this. If you're an older sibling and your uh, kid brother or sister says that to you, you're probably just going to want to laugh at them and or smack them, right? And so, as you can imagine, his older brothers didn't appreciate this. But hold on, let's do it all over again. Joseph, he had another dream, and he made sure they all knew about it. They finally got tired of him talking. And so there was a day whenever they're out, and they were actually, uh, the brothers were out, and they had moved their sheep so that they could graze elsewhere. And Jacob said, Joseph, go check on them. Make sure they're doing okay. And so Joseph goes and he checks on them, and the brothers see him coming, and they said, you know, we can finally get rid of this kid right now. They said, let's go ahead and just get rid of him right now. So one of them had the great idea, let's murder our brother, which is frowned upon back then and now, just as a heads up. But one of them said, let's murder him, and then thankfully they came to their senses, and what they did was they originally threw him into a pit, and then they sold him into slavery. Uh, there was a caravan coming by, and they ended up selling him into slavery. And all of a sudden, Joseph hit rock bottom. You ever been there before? Life's going pretty good, and then all of a sudden, you hit rock bottom. And that's what happened to him. One minute, he's uh, the baby, if you will, in a family that's well off. And the next minute, he is now a slave to someone else that he doesn't even know. It was a very dark time for him. The Word tells us in Genesis 39, uh, verse 2, that the Lord remained with Joseph. I want somebody to hear me today. In your darkest times, whenever you hit rock bottom, whenever you say, man, life couldn't get any worse, I want you to understand this. The Lord's still with you. Come on, somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to declare what we've got on the screen today. On my worst day. Come on, let's all say it together. On my worst day. The Lord is with me. Come on now, you need to get that down in you. The fact that Joseph was going through a hard time, the fact that Joseph all of a sudden went from a great family to being owned by someone else did not mean that the Lord had departed from him. And let me just pause right here, and this isn't even in my notes real quick. I just felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. Don't you dare buy it for a minute that the Lord has put you there or that the Lord's departed from you because you see that's what the enemy wants you to believe because during hard times, the enemy wants to put as much space in between you and God as possible. So all of a sudden, and by the way, uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, the devil is called the accuser. Okay, So all of a sudden, what the devil does is he starts accusing God. So you got laid off. Well, God did that to you is what he's telling you. God doesn't really love you because if he did love you, then he wouldn't have allowed this to happen to you. Let me go ahead and just tell you, you've got to be able to identify that as the enemy whenever he's speaking these words to you, all right? And you've got to understand that the Lord has never left you. There's this beautiful promise in Hebrews 13, 5 that says, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. You see the word, I will never, those words right there, that means that is a covenant promise. And God does not break his promises. How many of you know that? 
That's a covenant promise. But God's favor was on Joseph. But it didn't mean that Joseph's life was going to be a, be a walk in the park. Not, not at all. He still dealt with problems. He still dealt with siblings that he obviously didn't get along with. And then all of a sudden, he was having to deal with uh, people in Egypt who he didn't even know who technically owned him. But Joseph was actually elevated because of God's favor on his life. Genesis 39, and this is verse 6, he ended, up living, or he ended up working for a guy by the name of Potiphar who was high ranked in Egypt. It says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except for what kind of food to eat. Let me go ahead and just tell you something. Joseph was a good employee. Listen, you're going to see Joseph's story in a little while. That's the kind of employees we all need to be, right? The, I mean, the, the employees that do the right thing. I mean, Potiphar had it made with Joseph in the house. Let me go ahead and just tell you. Joseph was very handsome, and he was a well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife, verse 7, soon began to look at him lustfully. Well, that ain't no good. Come on and let's fool around, she demanded. Verse 8, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Verse 10, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came, and she grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. And we're going to jump to verse 16. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me. That's actually the NLT translation, just so you know. <laughs> tried to fool around with me, she said. But whenever I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious whenever he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him in prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. So we see what Potiphar's wife's up to. We see that Joseph gets himself into a tight spot. We see that she's coming on strong. And then what did he start doing? He started running. Let's watch this next clip. But in this clip, we see that Chris or Will Smith was just trying to get back to the place that he was before. So he had a, a limited number of, I guess, those machines that he was trying to sell. And this is before um, he really ended up doing the Dean Witter thing as a broker. This is what he was doing before. And, you know, that whole being stupid thing, he made an investment that really wasn't a good investment. And then, of course, he, he allowed one of his machines to get stolen. and He had just gotten it back. But how many of you have ever been to that place to where, uh, you know, you were in a good place and then something happened, and you're just trying to get back to where you were before. You ever been there? And that's kind of where Joseph was, I believe. I mean, he was in a good place, and then he got thrown in a pit, then he got sold, and everything's going well. So he starts to come back, and he's starting to do good, but lo and behold, somebody enters his life, and the next thing he knows, he's in prison. I mean, come on, the guy just couldn't catch a break, it seemed like. She shows up, and she's very persistent, um, and then all of a sudden, he's finding himself running just like Chris. But that gets him landed in prison. And I, I just want to mention to you a side note. Uh, a lot of theologians believe that Potiphar truly didn't believe that Joseph did what the wife accused him of. And the reason was is because in that day, uh, he probably would have just gone ahead and had Joseph killed. 
But a lot of us before have gone through times where we felt like there was really an injustice that was taking place in our life. And we just want to say to God, God, this isn't fair. Come on, how many of you have been there before? And that was what Joseph was going through at this point. He didn't do anything wrong. He was the model employee, but he has himself landed in jail. And in verse 2 of this chapter, it says that God was with Joseph. We looked at that earlier. And then in verse 21 of this chapter, it goes on and it says, But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. Whenever Joseph was sold, the Lord remained with him. Whenever Joseph was in prison, the Lord was faithful and remained with him as well. And can we once again just say this, that let's declare it, on my worst day, the Lord's with me. On my worst day, the Lord is with me. Nowhere in Scripture do we see that that Joseph ever accused God. Nowhere in Scripture do we see that Joseph said, you know, forget it. I'm walking away because this whole believing in God thing isn't working for me. We, We don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Whenever things aren't going well for us it's it's very tempting sometimes to try to walk away from god but a lot of times whenever things are going well for us it's very easy to clap and sing and worship god have you noticed that come on now i need somebody to get honest with me today whenever life's going good it's easy to walk around to somebody and say god is good all the time whenever you got laid off you ain't saying god's good all the time can i go ahead and tell you the worship team can see what kind of week you've had based on how you worship on sunday mornings A few of y'all this morning, y'all don't have a real good week. Let me tell you something, though. Whenever we're going through our hardest times, like I said, we need to draw closer to God. There's this great scripture in Acts 16. Whenever Paul and Silas, they had hit rock bottom, they were in prison. And it tells us this in Acts 16, verse 25 and 26. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. They were praying and singing in prison. They were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Listen to this. Rather than Paul and Silas trying to even break out, they started praising God and God broke into their situation. Whenever you begin to praise God, whenever you focus on him, he's going to come get in the middle of your situation. Come on now. And he's the one you need in the middle of your situation whenever life isn't going good for you. You don't need just the favor of men. You need the favor of God on your life. Whenever you look in the word and you go to Hebrews, there's a chapter on the heroes of the faith is what we call them. And these are going to be men like Moses. These are going to be men like Abraham, like uh, you know Jacob, like, like Joseph. Joseph's in there as well. David, of course. These great men. And whenever you start to look at these men, you, you know what we see in their life is that they were consistent with their walk with God. That's how they all made this all-star chapter in the Bible. Because they consistently walked with God. They were never hot or cold. None of them. We're talking about like men like Joshua, men like Gideon. They walked with God, and they never took their eyes off of God. They never questioned God. They never accused God. Did they go through hard times? Yeah. David was running for his life at one point from King Saul. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years with a million complaining people. That was probably a little uncomfortable, right? 
Joseph is on this list. We're talking about him today. Was life hard? Yeah, it was hard. But what they do? They consistently stuck with God. They trusted God and they didn't change you know, their outlook on God. They just kept moving forward. They never stopped. They never stopped. So they kept working at what the Lord had called them to do. And if you want something bad enough, I want you to know this. You got to have some fight in you. Whenever you go through hard times, you don't just say, I, I give up and just, you know, as we say sometimes, I see people in church, they shut up. In other words, their praise to God stops. Their hands stop going north. Praise stops coming out of their mouth. They shut up. They sit down. And then they shut down. Whenever you're going through hard times, that's not what you need to do. You need to get those hands up. The Bible tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Whenever you start praising and worshiping him, he comes and he gets in the middle of your situation. And we never need to stop. Amen? And we need to take these examples from Hebrews of those men. But if you want to get out of that hole that you found yourself in, you got to just keep moving forward. You're going to have to fight. I think a lot of people are waiting on God to come rescue them, but God's waiting on them to do their part. And the crowd went wild. But while Joseph is in jail, he does what's right. Eventually, the favor of God's on him, as we know, and eventually he ends up like being the supervisor of the jail for Pete's sakes. And then we see that, that Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker are in jail as well. And so they both have dreams, and they, they share with Joseph what the dreams are, and he actually interprets the dreams, and he basically, it's kind of uh, not good for the baker, he says, well, according to your dream, you're not going to live. And according to the cupbearer, you're actually, you're going to be okay. You're going to be restored back to your job. And so sure enough, that happens, and Joseph tells the cupbearer, he says, listen, remember me whenever you get out of here. Put in a good word for me. And the cupbearer totally forgot about Joseph. Totally forgot about him. Um, two years later, though, Pharaoh has a dream. And the cupbearer then remembers, hey, there's a guy who interpreted your dream for me one time. So one morning, uh, Joseph gets out of jail and he finds himself standing in front of Pharaoh, kind of like an interview. Let's check this out. It's a good clip, wasn't it? So Chris had the opportunity uh, in front of him. He was not in the ideal, well, it was a bad time for him to go have an interview. We'll just say that, right? Uh, he had just gotten out of prison based on that, had pain all over him, but he was not going to miss his opportunity. God gives us opportunities, and sometimes life's tough, but we have to keep moving forward. We have to never stop. Can somebody say amen to that? Even whenever we're not feeling our best, even whenever we're not looking our best, we just keep moving forward. We never stop. We never shut down. And in this movie, just to give you a heads up, he was interviewing for a six-month uh, internship. They, had picked, they would pick 20 each uh, six months, and then they would pick one to work for them. And so he was interviewing just to get into the internship. No matter what, he didn't want to miss his opportunity, though, so he just worked at it. But back to Joseph. Joseph walks out of prison to stand before Pharaoh. And the pressure's on him because Pharaoh has had this dream, and he understands that this could almost be like a make-it-or-break-it time for him. And even if he did interpret the dream, he had no idea what would then take place or what would happen to him. 
But can we all say the Lord was with Joseph? The Lord was with Joseph. Check out this next one. Chris's work paid off in the movie, uh, as you see, and it was just a very sweet scene right there. And, you know, because of Joseph's faithfulness to God, he had, Pharaoh, he had favor with Pharaoh as well. Whenever you look further in chapters 41 through 45, you'll actually see that God used Joseph to help save a country from severe famine. Uh, in a nutshell, Pharaoh has this dream and he's not really sure what it's about. And Joseph goes on to tell him, he says, well, listen, we're going to have seven really good years of plenty in Egypt. But then there's going to be seven years of famine that come. And then again, the favor of God was on Joseph and the Lord was with Joseph. And, and Pharaoh said, well, you know what? I want you to oversee these 14 years or just from the future. I want you to oversee this. And so Joseph helps to store up enough food that will get them through their famine. The country actually had so much food that then surrounding countries were coming to them to get food because they were starving. Uh, lo and behold, that's how he got reconnected with his family. His family came to get food and then in a nutshell, everything's fine. He didn't sell them, he didn't kill them, he didn't get revenge. Everything's fine. There was a very awesome moment there of restoration within a family. But God actually used Joseph to help save his family as well. And we actually see that Jacob and, and all of the, the brothers and their wives and children, they all actually moved to Egypt as a result. And they were totally taken care of because of Joseph's faithfulness to God. I want you to think about something today. Joseph's faithfulness to God affected generations to come. Listen to me. Had Joseph walked from God, had he just finally thrown in the towel and just said, forget it, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this because I, I get sold, I get thrown in prison, just forget it, God, I'm done with you. Then if we were to look at the situation of what was going on in Egypt, there would have been a famine, the country would not have been ready, there would have been people dying, probably including his family. And so whenever we go through these hard times and it's so, so, so tempting to accuse God, and just to say, forget it, because here's what happens. We start to make statements like, you know, I, I go to church, I tithe, I do this, I do that, and this is what I get. Our attitude changes. But whenever we have that attitude change and, and all of a sudden we feel like we're just going to walk away, we, we don't understand the consequences that will come. Come on now. And some people may just see God as, as only uh, being involved in that one issue of their life. Like, for instance, you know, if God allowed me to get laid off, then I just can't serve him anymore. But they, they forget that God actually has a, a great impact on every other area of their life as well. Let me go ahead and just tell you, the next beat that your heart makes is only because of his grace. The fact that you were healthy enough to, to wake up this morning and to walk into this house is because of His grace. And I want to just encourage somebody to say, you may be thinking about giving up on God, 
but maybe it's because of one thing happening in your life, but you maybe didn't take into consideration the thousands of other areas that he has blessed you in. Come on, somebody. And I want to tell you today that on your worst day, he's still with you. And I think you know this, but on your best day, he's still with you as well. Going back to what we read earlier, he'll never leave you and he will never forsake you. Somebody say, he will never leave me. He never stops either. He's with you the whole time. He's not going anywhere. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not grow weary in doing well. For in due season we shall, that's covenant, we shall reap if we faint not. Paul writes to Timothy and he mentions what we talked about with the heroes of the faith. You know, He says this in chapter 4, verse 7 of 2 Timothy. He says, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. And through all of this, I've kept the faith. And he's encouraging his son. Hang on. Timothy was walking through hard times. He was a young pastor. And he's saying, hang on. It's worth it in the end. Don't throw in the towel, Timothy. Let's look at a couple of wonderful promises we have in the word. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able. Somebody say who is able. Through his mighty power at work within us. Within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Somebody say more. He can, y'all, he can do more than what you could ever ask or what you think. That's our good God. Philippians 2.13. For it is God. It's God who works in you. It's God, it's not you, it's God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill His good purpose. To fulfill His good purpose. God's purpose is the only purpose that will genuinely bring success in the abundant life that we all desire. His purpose. Not your plans, but His purpose and His plans. We've got to seek His direction in all circumstances. Amen. We've got to be obedient. We've got to stick with Him. And I want to encourage you, where he guides you, he's going to provide for you as well. He's going to provide for you as well. Come on, stand with me today. Y'all know one of our favorite scriptures here at Church Alive is Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to to his purpose. Everybody say all things. Now listen, for, for any of you that, that may be new with us today, let's talk about that just for a minute. All things. I'm going, can I take my time today? Is that okay? So many times we, we walk through the good times and we feel like those were of God. And we walk through bad times and we say, I don't know how God was anywhere in the middle of that. I heard my mom being very honest one time. She said, I, I, I've never really loved this verse. But then God gave her some revelation on it. You see, whenever you walk through hard times, it, it helps create something in you. It helps create something. It, it helps form kind of the big picture at the end of your life. 
Some of you have walked through times that you wouldn't want to relive for anything, but it's going to allow you to minister people to people that nobody else could ever minister to. Whenever my dad was 25 and my mom was 24, mom carried a, a baby full term named Alicia. And the baby was, was born and, and was dead and was stillborn. And I saw my parents multiple times minister to couples who had the exact same thing happen to them. Now, of course, God didn't bring death. We know what John 10.10 says, right? We know what the enemy does. We know that God comes to bring us life. But the thing is, is that God can work all these things. Listen, the good, the bad, the ugly, he can work all these things and still work them for your good. A simple example would be a recipe for like a cake or something. There, there are some things that, that taste really good whenever you taste them raw, right? Vanilla extract. Probably nobody's taking a big slug of vanilla, right, whenever you're thirsty. It doesn't taste good, but you need it in a cake to make it good, right? You need it in a cake to, to taste good. Icing. We're all down with icing. We like the icing. That's of God. But the vanilla extract in our life... The vanilla extract in our life, we don't want it in our life. But listen, it all comes together and it makes something beautiful. He can work it all out for your good. Come on, if you will, just, just bow your head today and everybody just close your eyes. Right now, I just feel like there, there are some people that they feel like Joseph right now. There's been some injustice in their life. They feel like maybe they've been sold out by some family, sold out by some... Uh, people at work and things are not working out for them. I just want to encourage you today. God is still with you. Come on now. God is still with you today. He's got his eyes on you. He was with you on your worst day. He's going to be with you on your best day as well. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And Lord, right now I just speak, Father, to, to everyone here. God, if they're walking through hard times, Lord, we thank you for the promise that you're with us. And God, we know that you're working all things together for our good. And Lord, we know that we're coming out. Somebody say, I'm coming out. Father, we know that we're coming out of this season, Lord. Lord, it might not be tomorrow, but God, we know that we're coming out because you're faithful and that you're with us, God. And we thank you for that. And right now, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you, some of y'all here today need to make a decision on the inside of you. And if your spouse is next to you or your kids are next to you, I want you to grab their hand right now. And I want you to just make this decision and maybe speak it right now over your family and say, no matter what, we're trusting God. No matter what, we're never stopping. We're never going to stop trusting God. And then we're going to remind each other of the promise. On our worst day, He's with us. And Father, we thank you for that right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your promises. Lord, they are yes and amen. And God, we are so grateful. Lord, we're so grateful. God, we give you all the praise and the glory. Let me tell you that And losing both my parents in the last six, seven years. I 
have thought about the fact that they've stood before God and they've heard the words, well done. Just thinking about this movie clip and just seeing the older gentleman just say, we, we couldn't be happier. I want to stand before God and him look at me and say, I know it wasn't easy, but I couldn't be happier with what you did. Well done. Come on, somebody. Is that anybody else's heart's desire today? Well done. Let me tell you, this side of heaven, we've only got 70 or 80 years. I don't know how many we got. But we fight. We never stop on this side. Because let me tell you, as soon as you take your last breath here, you inhale in heaven. And it's going to be so worth it. Praise God. It's going to be so worth it. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Can somebody give God some praise today? Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.